Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by the B reporters Jim Thomas in the STL and Tom Timmerman on site in Nashville, where our heroes are preparing to take uh, on the Predators on uh, Thursday night as we record this uh, podcast, a little bit ahead of that game. Uh, but first of all, before we get into that, we, we, we got to welcome uh, Jim Thomas back to the STL because, uh, you know, going to getting to the from the true north back to the STL can be complicated. People think, well, I'd be a glamorous job covering hockey for, for the post-dispatch. JT, what did that travel look like trying to get back from the true north? Well, you know, you're in trouble when the first leg on your trip is to Toronto. Uh, I'm not a whiz at geography, but Toronto is a thousand miles basically east of Winnipeg and about that much east of, uh, of St. Louis. But I'm happy to report that I, I got to firsthand a sample, you know, it's relatively new nonstop coverage that Lambert Airport has from Toronto to uh, St. Louis. So, you know, it was uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. I will say this, Jeffrey, uh, in the, and I, I, say this with air quotes, the post-COVID world traveling to Canada and back so much easier than it was the last couple of years. You know, they they don't need to look at vaccination cards. They don't care if you cough. Just go ahead, get through, get out of our Good, country. and no risk of being trapped in a hotel for 10 days or whatever. So that's... that's no, good. nothing like that. Uh, nothing like that either. So it's uh, that that part of it's nice. Okay, let's mm-hmm. on to the hockey. Uh, JT, uh, what's wrong with this offense? Because it appears that our heroes are having trouble putting the uh, the biscuit in the basket there. Yeah, and it's it's really worse than any three-game stretch that they had uh, last year. You have to think that they'll snap out of it. But I keep going back to, okay, we're going to let Perron go. We're going to use that money for Nick Letty. The defense looks tremendous. It looks <laughs> uh, as good as it has since the uh, – really the year after the cup, the 1920, before everything was shut down. But it looks like our boys have uh, sacrificed a little offense. I think they're playing more conservatively too, in terms of chances and aggression. So there's kind of a yin and yang there. You have a, you have a, a, looks like a really good defense. Looks like Bennington's back again, uh, infinitesimally uh, small uh, sample size, but now you're having trouble scoring goals and you have a, you have a couple of people out, uh, 30 goal score in Buchnevich and a 24 goal score in, uh, in, uh, Saad and, uh, no David Perron. And I mean, I, I think we'll see over the course of the season, whether, uh, it kind of, it was a Luddy over Perron or whether that was the right move so far. It's, it's kind of mixed results. Yeah. I mean, if you look and said, well, this, this team played Edmonton twice and held them to essentially, you know, two goals and an empty netter. That's, that's, you know, not something that I would have, I would have expected, but, you know, I think what we see of this offense is that while the depth was good there at the start of the season, once you take out guys like Bucinevich and Saad, there just aren't the replacement. You know, there's not like a, a hot young prospect in Springfield right now as, as a forward that you want to bring up and say, okay, here's here's his chance to to be a top six forward. They, they don't have it. They've, they've got a lot of muckers and grinders uh, down there uh, ready to step in. Well, JT, a year ago, Ivan Barbashev was able to step up uh, periodically and uh, and play some power play, play some um, some offensive line scenarios, and he shoots, uh, you know, twenty three point four percent, I think it was, which which he had done before, but not as a volume shooter, a, a bigger volume shooter as an offensive player. 
and he doubled his goal total and had one of those uh, in sort of the outlier uh, 60 point season. I guess the Blues have to hope that the 60 points was not an outlier because boy, they could sure use another 60 point player, another 60 point season out of uh, Ivan given the injuries. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, and uh, uh, right now, the 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 problem is just kind of, especially with a couple injuries, finding out where to put everybody and how to get the most out of your uh, uh, return. And uh, it, it's just just been a problem for uh, for Craig Berube. Uh, Jordan Cairo seems better suited to be on kind of a fast line. I'll call it with uh with thomas and tarasenko but what do you do with kairu when uh buchnevich comes back uh I, i'm not saying after however many games it was three games that it's not working with uh o'reilly but uh i barbish with o'reilly and shen that looks really good to me i mean that's kind of like a power forward more of a possession line and then then you have uh uh, you know, uh, Kairou, Thomas Tarasenko, they all kind of livened up uh, when uh, Baruby uh, got got out his uh, infamous Baruby blender. But then again, what 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 do you do with Buchnevich when he comes back? So uh, uh, there are some issues. I, I think they'll score. Will they score like last year? Maybe not, because not 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 just Barbashev, but they uh, they had about four or five guys that had career years, and just law of averages says that's not going to happen every year. Yeah, you know, it, it'll show itself in a lot of places. You know, how does the you know, how does the power play work in all this? You know, what's that third line going to be like? Because, I mean, last night, you know, you had Jake Neighbors and, and Tyler Pitlick, and you started with Logan Brown, and then it became Nolachari. Um, you know, Neighbors shows, you know, at times, you know, great, you know, things that he can do. You know, I, I just don't know what you're going to get out of that line right now. And so you've kind of had to sacrifice the third line at this injury stretch. Yeah. I mean, I, I like neighbors as a guy. I mean, uh, I kind of keep coming back in comparison and comparing him to Scott Mellenby. You know, Scott wasn't a, a great skater, but you know, he just did a lot of, he did a lot of tough work and uh, in a bit of a, maybe more rugged than uh than jake in the sense of that was a different time in hockey and he had to be rugged um since uh, mike keenan thought when he broke in that he was a spoiled kid so they he got exposed to um, the rough edges of the of the game pretty early and became a, a more rugged guy but i think it'd be a, a really good third line guy but boy you have to jt you have to have if on a line he plays with, if you want it to be an offensive line, the other guys have to have some dynamic ability because he's more of a guy that will clean up, you know, get battles along the walls, you know, move the puck forward, you know, do a lot of dirty work, get in and around the net, but he needs guys around him that can, that can drive the play. I don't really see Jake driving the play. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, right now, you know, I, I don't think Tyler Pitlick's a guy that's going to, that's going <laughs> to drive the play. I actually was a little surprised that Pitlick was in there over Levo because if nothing else, Levo did have a couple nice chances uh, in, in, in the, the second game he played, he had a, a grade a chance and then maybe a great, uh, like a B plus chance. So he had a couple of uh, a pretty good uh, chances, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely searching for answers there. And uh, you know, I watched the, uh, the end of the first period and the second period and Logan Brown played better than I thought he did when I left the rink. I thought, boy, was, was he even out there? But he played better. But 
he, he certainly is, is, is rusty. Uh, the fourth line, uh, they've created a lot of energy. They've hit people, but they don't have a point. They don't have a single point yet. And that, that was what has been one of the biggest problems of the fourth line since the, uh, uh, nostalgia, uh, days of, uh, uh, who was it? Steen Barbashev Sunquist. Was that it, uh, Tommy? Mm -hmm. the, yeah, the, the I guess, yeah. Line. They would score goals. They were all mm -hmm. at least 10 goal scorers. And for all the wondrous things Tarpchenko does, and he's fun to watch play. He's just not a finisher. You know, mm -hmm. Achari had, uh, uh, what a couple three seasons ago had a 20 goal season. He he's hit a post once. And, uh, we know Walker, I think Walker can be a 10. If he played 82 games could be a 10, 12 goal, a game guy, uh, tremendous energy, really good skater plays much bigger than his size plays with it, with a chip, but we just, we, we haven't seen it. Even chief said, yeah, it'd be nice to see a goal from them. So, uh, <laughs> just, uh, it's just been, uh, just been kind of hard for any semblance of cohesiveness, uh, these last few games from, uh, you know, as soon as, as soon as we had injuries now we we've seen in the past when they've had injuries, they, they, they seemingly have had enough at least for a while. And then it reaches kind of a tipping point Boy, the tipping point came awful early, uh, this season, a couple injuries. Ah, we can't score. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of mysterious as we, we don't really know how long Butchnevich and Saad might be out. It's been day to day, but it's been day to day now for a great many days uh, for Pablo Butchnevich. So it's, uh, I mean, it's been, I was, you know, 10 days, uh, 11 days now. So, and he's, he's not playing tonight. So, uh, yeah, and then you look at, you know, who's waiting in Springfield and, you know, is Alexandrov the next guy up out of there or is it one of those, you know, veteran, uh, more journeyman forwards, the the Josh Labo equivalents that are down there that would be next. You know, I, I don't know. But the, I guess if there's good news, it's they don't need a lot of goals. You know, they could have, if they'd scored two last night, they, they might have won the game. I mean, it's, you know, it's the, the defense has played well enough to not force the offense to be putting up five goals. Well, like the chief was saying with uh, Jordan Cairo, you know, he's had the, uh, the puck on stick quite a bit. Although he seemed pretty, pretty clearly seemed to be pressing. Um, maybe it was that or just bad luck, but he, he lost some pucks while he was in possession. You know, he's been, been aiming and missing uh, for corners uh, when he shoots. Uh, here's a guy that's getting himself in uh, positions where it looks like he can, you know, get pucks on that and also create opportunities for others. Uh, but JT, there's a guy, you know, it's there. And uh, it didn't sound like the Chiefs ready to panic just yet, but boy, uh, Now's the time, Jordan. It'd be a great time to, to really pick it up. Well, it's the uh, the pressure and the expectation that comes with a $65 million contract, you know, and Kyra always seemed to have a lot of eyes on him anyway. At least he did last season when he got off to that great start and just was tremendous at the uh, the winter classic and the in the all-star game. But uh, yeah, this is the this is the what what comes with uh, with, with a huge contract like that. And, and also to Thomas and Thomas has played better, but you just look at these games. I think it was the Seattle game. Thomas made two great plays along the wall. Uh, one behind the net and, and one on the, uh, I guess they call it the half wall, you know, over to the side that resulted in assist because he was strong on the puck last night. He's not so strong on the puck. Uh, behind the net, he loses a puck battle and Connor McDavid whips around, boom, goal. And that was the uh, game winner. Those are the differences in games. I mean, let's face it, you know, Edmonton is not, is not chopped liver. 
they were in the conference finals last year and they have much better defense and uh, you, you can't play them anymore and look down the end of the ice. And say, oh, it's Mike Smith down the ice. <laughs> they may get four goals, but we can probably score five or six against Mike, uh, 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 Mike Smith. And so uh, uh, they're, they're a tougher team to beat. And so little things like that are going to, uh, uh, are going to decide games. And if there's a fine edge in this league, I think we all talked about at the start, maybe our first net for another season, how uh, there was going to be more parity and there were going to be a lot of tight games. And I, I think we're seeing that already. There have been a few times in which it seems like, like Kairou is about to do something. He gets the puck in the neutral zone and it's coming through and is building up speed. And then he gets into the zone and, you know, loses the puck or tries to do something else with it. And it, and it doesn't happen. Um, so it's, you know, it's, and I don't know how fine that line is that it's you trying to make a move and doesn't have, you know, can't keep the puck on his stick or something, but he, he seems close, but, you know, so far in the first five games, it's, it's, it's always gone the other way against him on making something good happen. Then let's look at the power play because I, uh, I was shaking my head again. Um, they um, moving the puck around all day. Okay, great. Move the puck around all day. But when I'm looking out there and I'm seeing, um, you know, two guys that are, let's say you, let's say your five is, uh, you know, Thomas, who's a phenomenal playmaker, creates space for himself, um, sees the ice, puts pucks on stick. I mean, really just a, just a terrific catalyst. Dory Krug from the blue line, pretty much similar guy, beats could beat you with on one on one, creates space, sees the ice, sets people up. Uh, neither of those guys are, are, are big shooters. Then you got a couple of guys, let's say if you have Cairo and, and 91 out there, oh, they're, they're looking to measure a wrist shot. They're going to look at the situation. They're going to look at the shot blockers. They're going to try to figure out how to measure that, that, that wrist shot between the uh, shot blockers, uh, past the goaltender and inside the post or under the bar. And then you got poor Braden Shed, who's just hoping to get a good one-time whack in there somewhere with very little room to work. Um, and so I'm thinking, okay, this isn't going to work. I, you know, you just, you know, we talked, we've talked about it, talked about it, talked about it. Not only do you miss, um, not only do you miss, of course, David Prawn, but Brandon Saad will shoot the puck. Butchnevich has a heck of a shot. And when Justin Falk plays in the power play, and he's relegated to playing with uh, some AHL guys right now. Um, he, he hammers the puck. So JT, I mean, I'm watching that. I'm thinking, okay, this is not going to work. I mean, I'm sorry. It's not. Um, and we've, we've been beating the, the horse and the horses are moving, but we're still beating it. Uh, how, how do you fix this? Well, this is hardly a revolutionary thought. Thomas needs to shoot more. I thought by having him on the flanks, he'd almost have to shoot. That's a shooting position. So right away, and this happened late last year, they put, they put him on the flank and it's like, why are they putting a passer on the flank? <laughs> the flank is a shooting position, but, uh, and percentage wise, they're about the same. I mean, they're, they're right around where they were last year, 20. It's a very small, they haven't had a ton of power plays, a very small sample size, like three out of 11 or something. So they're, they're right around that 27%, but you're right, Jeff. It just doesn't, it just doesn't look the same. Sod's a guy who's good in front of the net. Uh, they changed things. O'Reilly went from being with Falk uh, during the game to, to being with uh, with Krug. Krug has got a shoulder issue. He aggravated in the, in the uh, 
the game the other night. So he, he's, he's playing with one shoulder now. And we've talked about the, the defense and once Perunovic and Scandella went down, how, uh, wow, they can't afford any injuries. You see, and crew didn't miss any time, but we could see where the, uh, 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 where he hurt the shoulder and went to the bench. And I, I think we were surprised that he kept playing. Mikola left something with the hand, whether it was wrist or finger or, or just the hand itself. He actually left the bench early and man, they're, they're, they're holding that decor together with uh, duct tape uh, uh, right now. You know, it's funny on that, on that series there, you were talking about Cruz gets hurt and, and then he, he goes to the bench and they look at him. And then the next thing I know, Mikola's going down the tunnel. I'm like, did, did I somehow get Tori Krug and Nico Mikula confused? Yeah, because they, they don't look at all alike. But I got like, why is Mikula going down the tunnel? You know, the last power play of last night, they put Pareko out there. I think it was a, when, when they moved things around and they had Pareko and Falk on the same unit. I don't know if that, you know, we've always kind of seen the threat potential that Colton Pareko has with his shot, you know, what he could, what he could do uh, on the power play. You know, earlier, Logan Brown was on the power play and, and he went from being on the power play to being on the fourth line to not playing a whole lot. Um, so, you know, at this point in time, might as well give it a try and see what the, see if the, at least the threat of a Colton Braco shot livens things up. Well, we do. And I would be remiss not to give credit for uh, Ryan O'Reilly uh, adhering uh, to uh, following the, uh, the mandate from the, the chief to, get inside so he was rewarded for 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 driving to the the left post and being there on a mm. shot that was deflected and then of course he got the chances to bump in the rebound so um so that part's good but again this is just add ryan to the list of people that you know you're looking for a bit more from i mean he's he, he's playing a very determined game and now that you're into this uh, lucky line shuffle mm. <laughs> it's starting to ask a lot for for any of the veterans to be consistently productive but um, so that part was good, but, you know, getting inside is great, but you still have to, and they got a lot of shots toward the net. They got a lot of looks as the chief said, but uh, you're probably uh, again, two, three skilled guys short JT and you're just not getting that quality that you need. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what, what always gets me is why do players have to be reminded to, to get inside? Shouldn't that be something that is on their minds entering a, every game and, and all, and, and they did make a concerted effort, not just, uh, not just O'Reilly, but Chen, you had other guys getting to the net, but why, why I, and, and I know it, it can get kind of, kind of nasty in there, but uh, why do you need to be reminded uh, to get in there? I, 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 uh, I don't understand it. it. It should be like telling uh, Robert Bartuzzo, Hey, you need to try to block a shot occasionally on the, uh, on the penalty kill. I mean, it, it should go without saying that uh, you need to try to get to the front of the net. As Yuri Laterra said, if you want pizza, go to Pizza Hut. If you want goals, go to the net. So, um, and not that Yuri necessarily lived by that edict, but he it, <laughs> but he said it, and he and he and he, no. yeah. But they, they did a much better job. You look at the shot chart from last night; much better than it was uh, in Winnipeg. So they're they're getting there. And I don't know that they're in. And Edmonton had this problem too. Boy, there were a lot of chances that went untaken or you know unfulfilled last night of opportunities where nets are open or pucks are there and just people weren't doing their weren't finishing very well last night. I do have to say what, how, why do you, uh, what's the reluctance to go inside poor you know, Nathan Walker gets the puck in front of the net and 
right in front of that. Now, there's not a lot of normally you don't have a lot of time and space there. And as mm -hmm. he tried to make a move and do do kind of a cute little spin thing and all that, um, standing sure. directly in front of the goal, he of course gets buried into the ice and he draws a penalty to his credit. But that's a, that's a hard way to it is a hard way to make a living. I mean, he was right where he needed to be. A puck came to him. You know, maybe he could have passed at that spot, but no, he tried to make a move and and, and slide the puck through around the goalie, and he just gets crushed. But he was there, so I, I hope that proving uh, the chief put that little click, you know, check check the box. Said, all right, he, I'm taking attendance near the net. Nathan Walker was there, JT. Yeah. Kyra got flattened there uh, in front of him. I think he got his sinuses flat. I don't know if you remember that play. He just got flattened and he got up. It's like, oh, wow, what's going on? But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nathan Walker doesn't realize he's what is he five foot six and one hundred and three pounds or whatever whatever he weighs. Yeah, he does. So maybe maybe be better if bigger guys went to the front of the net rather than <laughs> these smaller guys on the team. You know, that might yeah. be able to hold their ground better or something. Just just a suggestion. Well, that'll that might be brought up to, to Logan Brown again because he's uh he's got some work to do trying to get back up to speed, get back to where he was in the preseason. Opportunity is there. They could use a guy with skill. He's got skill and size. Right now there's there's work available, but you know, again, playing with tempo, being strong, uh driving play, being consistent shift to shift. Uh it's hard to come from a standing start. You know, they, they wanted more practice time, JT, for Logan, but the circumstances did not allow them to ease him in, kind of threw him out there and then yeah, wouldn't say he drowned, but somebody had to throw him up, uh, um, floating to uh, to get him to the side. Yeah, yeah. Uh I I I don't know if Rusty does it uh although again he was he was he was he was a little better, at least through the second period. I fell asleep for the third period. No. No reflection on the game itself or the the broadcasters. It was just like 1.30 in the morning when I'm watching the replay of the game. Anyway, Tom, how's your hotel room? It looks pretty nice. You got a couple pictures back there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they're fine. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. Even though I'm in Nashville, I'm staying at the airport this time because it's such a a quick trip in there. There will not be any really sampling all that Nashville has to offer there at the airport. Yeah, yeah, not not on this one. So I'm um and I got a ridiculously early flight back home tomorrow morning because I'm saving the company money. So, Although Jeff, um, can you, can you imagine Tom in a, like a country bar singing karaoke? I, I, I just can't, I don't know. Well, he would try to sing the Canadian national anthem and he, they would probably throw him out. <laughs> he was pretty excited last night when they, yeah. when the, uh, they queued it up. Mm -hmm. I, 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 it wasn't my favorite rendition of it. I think, I think she could have picked up the tempo uh, a little bit on, uh, on O Canada. Last well, night. I think it was sort of a uh, it was a very um, reverential treatment of the the mm -hmm. song to the point where, um, yeah, it was probably twice as long as it needed to be. And then, and I guess there were zero Winnipeg fans in there to, to, to deliver the True North uh, underline. Didn't hear it at all. Well, that, yeah, that's Winnipeg. We had Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, there Did you hear True North? I didn't. Yeah. No, that's my bad. I, I I'm still thinking yeah. you're in Winnipeg. Yeah. So no, it's a. Uh, <laughs> It's that was that was um, it was a certainly respectful rendition though. She didn't her, her key her key didn't suit Tom's range voice. I don't think I, I you should have you should have talked to her before and straightened that out. You should, really. should have, but usually O Canada is a song that you because I've heard better. I've heard much better from you. I'm just yeah, well, it, it was just too slow, and you know, so it threw me off. But usually O Canada is, is a song you can't spoil. It's a song that even I can sing. 
um, and be, because in, in there's, there's like three states in which I am legally forbidden to sing. So, um, you know, people are aware of that, but um, last night didn't do the job. Well, what do we, uh, we uh, on a positive side, because we've been, you know, a little mopey here today on, on this edition of the Netfront. Uh, you mentioned earlier, JT, that Jordan Bennington has been great. Now, this was like the kind of game that he loves because he was just scrambling around. He was moving side to side. You know, he was he was uh, out and he was you know handling the puck and he's going side to side. and He's kind of kind of doing the Jordan Bennington thing because, you know, and they were missing some opportunities that he was leaving. But not boy, he was battling and moving, battling and moving. Um, from that standpoint, that looked like the old winner. Yeah. And, uh, uh, he, in his four starts, I mean, he's, he's looked just shy of fantastic, I would say. And, uh, the, the two, the two sequences where he was at his scrambling best were both the uh, power plays. I mean, the first, the first power play, I, I don't think the puck ever left the, the zone for Edmonton. And the, the second power play, there was an early sequence where, uh, O'Reilly got a shot, but after that, it was about, it seemed like about a minute and a half at least where Edmonton had in the zone. So, uh, we don't, we don't, uh, writers, we don't operate with sticks, so we can't do a stick tap, but I think I'll do a pen tap to Craig McTavish and the, uh, the PK unit 11 for 11 this season ties a franchise record for, uh, uh, most consecutive, uh, penalties killed to, uh, to start a season. Lots of shot blocking going on, but again, uh, getting the defense, but uh, it's, it's only, uh, I guess the, uh, uh, the jug is only half full because uh, where, where, where is that offense that we really got accustomed to last season. And Edmonton, a very good power play. I mean, they got, they got guys. Um, my favorite uh, Bennington possession was one where he, he, where he lost his stick twice while Edmonton was in the zone and twice he had to, you know, try to find the stick and have teammates kind of hit it back to him and he got it back and they lost it again. And uh, it was a, uh, I don't know if the you know, pine tar needed there on, uh, on Bennington stick, but uh, it makes for uh, entertaining viewing. Uh, you got a, didn't he get a face, a little bit of a face wash in out of Vander Kane as well, I believe. So, uh, you know, he's without, yes, going, yeah. without going nuts. I think he, no. you know, he was on. I think, um, was, I think it was appropriate for for the moment and for Evander Kane. Very, there very you go. I mean, he, it's not the first time Evander's felt that because he goes with the net hard. And what what, what, what would they call that at the Department of Defense? It was an appropriate response. Would you say? <laughs> there you yeah. go. All right. So uh, last thing here on the on the net front, the, the, the our guys have to, to battle. Uh, they're in Smashville where Tom's going to be keeping a close watch on them. Uh, Thomas Grice, uh, I guess he would be a, a lock to get this look. And JT, uh, just a real solid performance. The Winnipeg game did not go well uh, for the note. And uh, the third period, got it got bad. But, you know, he looking at the way Grice played, he just seemed like he was uh, in position. He was, um, he was up. He was on his post. Um, he wasn't overreacting. He seemed to be holding his, you know, again, being where he was supposed to be. You know, you saw a lot of rubber against a team that really picked up the pressure against them. I, I thought he, I thought he was fine against uh, the Jet. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was very reassuring. Again, just one game, but just to see him play again, it's a, it's a one goal game with like nine and a half minutes left. And I, I think the Blues got tired. I, they, they they played only three games, but still eight days on the road. Before that, they were on a bonding trip for X amount of days, whatever it was parts of four or five days before that they have five road games and eight exhibition games. And I, I realize 
the stars don't go on a lot of those road trips, but everybody else does the staff and, and the, uh, the fourth liners and whatnot. So they've been on the road a lot. And I, I thought they just kind of, they just kind of partly got tired and got frustrated because you hate to admit it, but the uh, lucky pinball goalie there, Connor Hellebeck, he, he was, he was pretty good for, for, for Winnipeg. And I think they got frustrated. Yeah. It was a, an optimistic thing with a lot of uncertainty this year about, you know, with who's going to, you know, Grice is a new, is the backup. How's it going to be? Because if you get another Jordan Bennington, you know, mid-season meltdown, can he be the guy? Uh, certainly he made a, a very good uh, impression on his uh, first game out, but uh, you need, we need two points to have a line. So uh, we only have one so far on Thomas Grice. So the second one comes tonight. Okay. So sadly, uh, Tom is not going to go crazy tonight um, <laughs> in, in Nashville, but, um, but this is a special city and you guys have had opportunities to be there when there was probably a, a more chance for, uh, as the JT would like to say, reindeer games. Um, so the many fans from the STL are going to go to the Smashville for a game at, at one point or another, and then try to enjoy the, uh, the entertainment district. So I'll just want to close with uh, some suggestions from, from Jim and if Tom can weigh in, because Tom keeps a pretty low profile, but uh, in terms of enjoying Smashville, if you have a chance to do it upright, which means you don't have to catch the early morning flight and you're, you're staying within at least the Uber range of uh, the entertainment district, mm -hmm. what do you do? What, what, what's the recommendation? You know, where do you eat? What do you, what, what should clubs you go to, or does it matter which clubs are they all fun? Yeah, I think they're all fun, and you just stroll down Broadway, and you just never know uh, uh, what you'll see. Uh, uh, you know, I like all kinds of music, and so, uh, you know, country music doesn't bother me uh, at all, but you might see Grant Wisterman there sitting in the back, and you buy him a drink, and he looks at you when you walk by to go to the bathroom, and he says, you're not going to write about this, are you? And I said, Grant, I'm off duty. If you burn down the place, maybe I'll have to write about it. Or you might see uh, Oscar Sundquist walking in at like 1230 in the morning with uh, a beautiful woman on his arm. And uh, you just never know what you'll you'll see there. You might see Luke Korak going absolutely nuts, showing up late in the morning and Mike Yo laughing at him because he looked hungover because he was. So it, you just you just never know. But the one of the beauties of Nashville is, is that it, it is a it, it's a late night town. You can. You know, you, you can find a place to eat at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. Uh, there in, in downtown Nashville. And so you can go to a game and, yeah, you come out and you're not that. It's a short walk from there to, to, to get to Broadway. And, you know, there's live music in all of those places. There must I mean, I, the, the, the day jobs these people have, it seems like every, I don't know, secretary or grocery clerk or whatever in town has got a guitar and is playing there somewhere. Uh, in Nashville on, a, on every evening. I, mean, I was in one bar once and, and I have gone to bars, but they, they're like, like it's a multi-story thing and there were like different groups on different floors. If you didn't like the one on the first floor, you went to the second floor. Um, so yeah, there's, there's plenty of opportunities. There is plenty of beer. There are plenty of bachelorette parties uh, roaming big the streets. Thing, big thing in the um, South, the bachelorette parties, yeah. Uh, of, yeah, of, of Nashville and um, yeah, there, there are good times to be had. There were a, a fair number on my flight here this morning of people wearing blues uh, paraphernalia. So uh, there, there, even though it's a, a Thursday night, uh, there, are, there are people, maybe they're getting ready for the weekend. And I, thought, be here the I whole thought you were going to say there were a fair number of bachelorette parties. <laughs> <laughs> I should mention that Oscar Sundquist was injured. 
He was injured, so he knew he wasn't going to play. I should mention that at 12 in the morning. All right. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, Tom, enjoy Nashville as best you can on your in your limited exposure to the city. JT, glad to have you back from the uh, the Great White North. Uh, this has been the Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, reminding you to enjoy all of our coverage on stltoday.com and in print with the Post-Dispatch. Uh, we have podcasts, videos, uh, just endless content. So please do, uh, if you don't have a digital subscription or a print subscription, please support local journalism. Uh, we saw how important that was, uh, unfortunately, this week uh, in St. Louis. And a uh, shout out to all of our reporters for doing their job. And, and, a, and, a, and, and we'll keep all the f- folks affected by what happened in our city and in our, in our thoughts. Uh, because it's, it's we love talking sports, but there's a lot of real things that happen that are just beyond comprehension. And our people were there uh, covering it under tough circumstances. So please do support that sort of work. Uh, Stay Louis, stay together, and until next time, for JT and uh, Tom, I'm Jeff. See ya.